Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. This podcast is brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey. Native Grape Odyssey is an educational project financed by the European Union to promote European wine in Canada, Japan, and Russia. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Walden. My guest today is Francesco Ripaccioli from the Canalicchio di Sopra Winery in Montalcino. Welcome. My pleasure to be here today. Okay, so just for everybody's clear where we are, Montalcino is a very big zone. It's a single comune or, or, or township. And Francesco's family winery, Canalicchio, is in the northern part of Montalcino. Uh, the neighboring town is Buon Convento. And your vineyards in the Canalicchio area, for me, is one of the best micro terroirs in Montalcino and hopefully we can drill down with Francesco uh, to find out what makes this particular zone very special and what makes the Brunello wines and the Rossi Montalcino as well, the wines from this area, um, what makes them very very distinct in the Brunello firmament. So Francesco it's really nice to see you here today uh, on the podcast. So if you give us a little bit of uh, family history first, the Ripacciori family when they arrived in Montalcino and how uh, they got hold of the estate and then we can talk a little bit about the terroir. Sure, but I think uh, that uh, to talk about the family history we have to talk about the Pacenti family because my grandfather was the Pacenti so the second generation is the Ripaccioli. So the original founder was Primo Pacenti, was a big character in Montalcino. Uh, if you ask to the old generation it was really like a character, everybody used to know him and uh, it's uh, it, he, he was one of the first pioneers of Brunello after the Second World War, and uh, he was one of the founders of the Consorzio del Vino Brunello di Montalcino. So we can say that the history of my family is uh, is one of the Canalicchio di Sopra is one of the historical brand and one historical producer. Since then, since then, the Brunello started to become a wine for the market. So I like to say the second beginning for Brunello di Montalcino, the beginning from the farmers. Okay, so the Brunello DOC was awarded in 1966. Yes. And then the DOCG was awarded in 1980? 85, yeah. Yeah, so the 1960s, what Francesco is saying, that was kind of really when the modern era of Brunello began and your family has been a part of that. Yeah, we've been since, uh, we can say since the beginning, uh, even if I always like to remember that there is uh, like a family that he invented with this wine. I use this word because uh, there is a motive, but the Biondi Santi family made the great, great revolution to make uh, this uh, pure wine to understand the great value of the terroir in Montalcino of 60, 70 years before then my then my family so in the late uh, 18th uh, late 19th century yes okay so canalicchio di sopra so what does what is a canalicchio and what does di sopra mean so canalicchio it's like a little channel so channel. it's a, it's, a, it's a sweet way to to call a channel and uh, di sopra means above up so it's the position on the hill uh, regarded to another canalicchio, which is uh, di sotto which is a bit uh, 50 meters under our uh, property okay so there are two Canalicchio wineries or name wineries with the name Canalicchio uh, in Montalcino as he's saying and so Canalicchio di Sopra which is Canalicchio Upper yeah. and Canalicchio di Sotto Lower. Sure, yeah, okay. correct. So I mean where are, it's, it's north of Montalcino, I mean are we underneath the, the hill that the town is on or are we a few miles away from it? How exactly does it work the Canalicchio area? 
So the Canalicchio, I like to uh, to imagine uh, the Montalcino Hill like a cake, where uh, on top of the cake you have uh, the village, and you have uh, all the vineyards around the main hill of Montalcino. Uh, we can say, except for uh, another hill, which is the Montosoli Hill, which is uh, a separate hill than the main hill of Montalcino. So that's a, a hill under the hill of Montalcino, just, yeah. <laughs> just to try yeah. and make things more complicated. Yeah. So the the Canalicchio is the natural uh, is a natural part of the in the northeast side of Mon- of the Montalcino Hill. So it's a zone that stay, uh, we can say, from the top of the hill, 500 meters to 300 meters. And uh, you, it's where you have uh, uh, this, uh, the production of uh, and the vines uh, since uh, since the 60s. We have been one of the first to make wine in this uh, north side hill, close to the village of Montalcino. So this is why we are using like tradition in Tuscan, the brand, uh, the name of the, of the, of the sub-zone, like our brand since the beginning. Okay, so it's the idea of substance we'll probably come on to later on. The winery, as you're saying, is named after a named place. A to- in Italian, is it called a toponimo? Toponimo, yes. So that's a name that you can find on uh, older maps. Sure. So it's not like a, anybody's invented this name. No, and it's the, a historical name, uh, how they used to call this, uh, this sub-zone of Montalcino. So Canalicchio was, was a channel, for, was it a water drainage? or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Montalcino is on top of the hill and so for sure there is some water that, that fall down every... And it was every where Channeling, channeling, it is way. I can't even speak English. Channeling, yeah. <laughs> so that the water wouldn't flood. So it was, yeah. it was actually yeah. um, canale. A channel was created yeah. so that it would. Uh, it's canale. And wouldn't damage. It's a little canale. Yeah wouldn't damage the fields. All right, so how many hectares have you got? So now we have uh, 20 hectares in total, which are divided in two different uh, sub-zones of production. The first one is Canalicchio, it's uh, also the, it's where the state was founded by my grandfather. And uh, in 1985, my grandfather started to work together with my father. So my father's family used to have another estate in the Montosoli Hill. So we have another six hectares in Montosoli that we planted uh, since 1960 to 2009 in something that we planted the last plant. So basically you've got vineyards in two of the most prestigious areas of Montalcino, the Canelicchio area and Montosoli. Montosoli, so you've you got the hill of Montalcino behind you, these yeah. drainage channels where the name of Canelicchio comes from underneath the town or below the town, and then this other little bump in the landscape, which is the Montosoli. And if yes. you drive into Montalcino from Buon Convento, if you're coming from the north, you will, on your right-hand side, as you start climbing up to Montalcino, yeah. you'll see Canelicchio on your right, and you'll see a little bump as well in the landscape, and that is the Montosoli, Montosoli hill. hill. Okay, so you've got 20 hectares in terms of wine styling, are we looking at a blockbuster Brunello from you, a masses of new oak, or are we looking at something a little bit more subtle? No, for sure, Canalicchio di Sopra is a producer famous to make uh, very elegant wines. But at the same time, we are also famous to never stay in the big fight between modern and traditional producers. So we prefer to be classified like a classic producer. That for me has a meaning not only related to the, uh, let's say, to the recipe to make wine, to the ingredients. So or the use of the big barrels, I guess the, I guess the barrique, uh, this kind of practice. But for me, it's something much more clear and linked to the terroir, to the soil. So we prefer, we like to make a wine that is really the expression of the uh, place where we are. You say we are in the two of the most prestigious zone of Montalcino. I don't want to say the same. I, I want to say that we are in really in two places which is which are clearly and easy to recognize when you drink this wine. If you work in purity on this zone, it's very clear to say this is coming from Canalicchia, this is coming from Montoso. Yeah, because this is the northern side of Montalcino and it is, um, it is cooler here. 
Um, and you really can pick that up in the wines of what he's saying. You know, I agree with what, what he's saying. And you just don't get these kind of heavy baked wines in, in where you are. You just get these sort of fresher, crimsony red, cherry red uh, wines. Yeah. 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 So in terms it's, of your, you talked about the winemaking, obviously there's the fermentation and then the ageing. So you're saying also the, the choice of wood that you use, bearing in mind that Bruno has to spend 24 months in wood. What is your choice of wood? Are you looking at new barrels, young barrels? or No, we it's um, uh, using only big barrels uh, because we think that it's the, 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 the kind of uh, size that is better for the place we are. We, we are in a zone that is extremely elegant. So we, it's also a zone that uh, I like to say we do big wines but not heavy wines. So we don't have the sometimes the ripeness to support the small food. This is why we prefer the big barrels. So you don't mean tonneau? No, we use only 2,500 liters and 5,000 liters. Uh, only Slavonian oak uh, uh, barrels and uh, uh, very neutral. So we select uh, wood that is aged. I mean, it's uh, seasoned at least five years before we use it to, the wood to make the barrels. And it's uh, the wood is not fundamental in uh, in uh, in my wines. It's a needing for the wine. It's not an ingredient. That's the light difference between how we we think about uh, our wine. So I need uh, and I, I and I try to find all the things that uh, they are able to underline. In the characteristic of the place where where I am, not to cover, even if sometimes a nice cover, but I don't, I'm not interested in this kind of wines. So in terms of ageability, we're talking about a slightly cooler area um, north of the town. Does that affect the ageability of your Brunello? I think uh, it affects ageability because uh, uh, this. Uh, I'm, I don't want to talk about the temperature because uh, temperature, high temperature we have in the north, they have in the south, we have everywhere. Now that's something also related to the climate change. But the one of the thing that is very distinctive in the north side of Montalcino, there are two things they are very connected. The first one is the big influence of the wind. We have this wind, we have two winds that are very similar, Tramontana and Grecale, they're really dry, especially in September. The grapes, I mean, uh, to make uh, more concentration but without losing the acidity because uh, what we have uh, is a big excursion between day and night in, in temperature. This is something that helps during the day to, to ripe the grapes for the maturation but keeps the acidity with this very strong uh, difference in temperature in the night. So I think this is one of the characteristics. Uh, instead of talking about uh, the, the cold zone, it's 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 very the, the biggest excursion between day and night. So for you, that it is that day night temperature differential that is, is a key factor in the style? For me, yeah, so it's something that I'm feeling that uh, it, it, it maintain uh, the freshness while you have the opulence because we, we, we have to remember the wine from the north, uh, they are based on uh, mainly in a clay soil and the clay soil gives uh, sometimes the volume to the wines. No? They're very voluptuous wine. There are, how we say in Tuscany, there, are, there, there is chicha, no? so like chicha. a fat wine that is much more clear when you taste the vineyard in Canalicchio Cru, so let's say in the Casaccia where we have the cellar today. Okay. Okay, so the Casaccio is the place where the seller is. I mean, in terms of markets, what are your what what is happening in the market with regard to Brunello? Obviously, it's a its boom continues, and the demand for Brunello seems to be growing rather than diminishing. How are you coping with that? It's a good moment for Montalcino. It's a moment uh, Montalcino has been always oriented in an international market. The United States has been uh, always the first market for Brunello, and we are not an exception. We have been we have started to work in the United States since uh, in 1979, and we st- we are still with the same. Imp- 
important. Probably that we we are 40 years this year with them. So it's it's a sign that uh, Brunello is very well received around the world. But uh, yeah, it's a good moment. There is not new challenge for new world, but uh, some of the very historical markets, including UK. UK, it's uh, it's something that uh, it's old for Montalcino, but it's relatively young for in terms of numbers. The biggest growing in the in the historical markets in the last few years is in UK for us. You said you had a little vineyard on Montosoli. Just tell us a bit yeah. about the vineyard. Does it have a name? And how big is Montosoli? Is it it's like 500 hectares of vines or is it a small little hill? No, Montosoli is a very small and it's the only one hill where uh, it's correct to talk like uh, like in Piedmont style, like a break, no? Because if like you look yeah. yeah, if you look uh, on the Montosoli, you really have the sorry and you really have the place of the hill where uh, there are no vineyards. The west side is covered by forest because it's it's a very it's a steep hill the Montosoli hill while the, all the other vineyards around Montalcino are in a very sweet hill. Montalcino is on the top, but then you need uh, to to drive 20 kilometers to arrive on the flat. No, so everything is so sweet. Montosoli is a bit different. There we have six hectares. Uh, we can say there are um, maybe on the hill of Montosoli something like uh, 60 hectares of vineyards. Uh, so in, we have a good amount in total. So you got 10 percent of that. Yeah. Having a small uh, six hectares is small but uh, related to Montosoli is not uh, yeah. is not uh, uh, so small and uh, Montosoli and Canalicchio there are like 500 meters so they are in front no the vineyards but they are completely different and they have two very distinctive soils since I me and my brother so the new generation we entered in the state we like to went back to the region so when my grandfather used to make a wine only from Canalicchio and my father only from Montosoli I'm still thinking that the blend is working very well so my Brunello has been made for 50 years for I mean from 1985 when my grandfather and my father started to work together like blending the two zone of production but in 2007 when me and my brother we take over the state we decide to work on a project of a single vineyard and this project will see the light the first time next year with the 15 Brunello from Vigna Casaccia 100% from Montosoli and in 18 we will release a wine with uh, the name of Montosoli in the label so will be a very I mean return to the past uh, but also that's uh, uh, a look to the to the future for sure of Montalcino so you you will be one of the few very few wineries in Montalcino that would be able to put or can quite legitimately put on your front label the name of the what the French would call a cru uh, a named site yeah. on your label so the Canelicchio on, on yeah, your we, main wine and then the Montosoli uh, from the smaller size vineyards that you have there so that's very kind of Burgundian I mean your wine style is very Burgundian but that's kind of quite a Burgundian way of going about things it's a compliment for me it's a great compliment I'm a very big fan of this this kind of wine and I'm very big fan of a very specific wine you I mean, mean as in with, with a sense of place to it sure there's a sense of place uh, it's the I think is the most intimate concept of terroir. I think that uh, there is a sense in the blend, so we will continue to make the blend because the house style can came also blending different things. They are beautiful and they can work very well together. But uh, a great territory like Montalcino, it needs some like a single vineyard production. It's not only me. There are a lot of producers then doing this direction. A lot of these producers they made already in the past. I'm not the first. I'm I would not be the last one to do this. Uh, 
this project, but it's something that I really trust for the for the future of my of my state. So you already have some example in the past of our one, specifically for the reserve production that we decide to make. Uh, like the last reserve, 13 is 100% from Montosri. The 10 was 100% from Canalicchio. So we have some wines, even if we didn't declare on the label, they are from them. That's part of the project, and now the project will see the light with something that will be very clear in terms of the consumer. Before we go, just read a couple of my um, notes that I've actually found on your wine, wines and what I from my tasting of your wines over the years. And if you do get the chance, I hope you do, to taste the wines of Canalicchio di Sopra, you can say that I'm wrong or, or maybe right, but what I like about them is they have a very, very, very distinct internal structure in terms of uh, the way the fruit is expressed and how they sit, or how the fruit, sorry, sits with, with the tannins and the shape of the tannins. You're going to give you a multiple choice question. They're either big, round tannins or slim, elegant tannins. And, you know, obviously I'm leading you to the conclusion that it's the latter that you're going to find in these wines. And that really does show the influence of of the of this uh, northern Montalcino terroir, specifically where the Canalicchio, and if you try the Montosoli, you'll have slightly different t- shaped tannins there as well, just because of that particular little bit of, of Montalcino's topography. Maybe look forward to maybe in ten years' time, you do a vertical tasting of uh, your current site site specific wines and the wines that are in course nice. that, are, that, are, that you're going to put onto the market um, in the future. And uh, I kind of think this is, as you said, a way forward also for Montalcino, not to change every single wine into a terroir-specific wine, because that's not possible or desirable, yeah. but to have these little, these little snapshots, if you like, of, of bits of terroir will help everybody understand Montalcino a lot better. There isn't one, one Brunello. There are, there are dozens and dozens and dozens in terms of style. Yeah, I think uh, that uh, Montalcino is a very interesting place. And the difference between north to south, east to west, or the single subzone... High to high to uh, low. Yeah, there are people that want to experience, they want to know. It's not a matter of what's the best or what's the worst or what's the classification. That's not the problem. It's to make a place much more interesting for the consumer and for the visitors and to understand much better what, what are the character, characteristics of every single different zone of, of, of production in the territory, which is uh, very big, we can say, even if the smart choice of the producer has been always to build and to, to, to plant vineyards in the best place. So I think it's a big, big uh, challenge and it's a natural movement for Montalcini you know, which has a long, long history, but also a recent history in terms of the market uh, sure. uh, situation. So it's a new, it's a new step. Uh, will be very nice how it will be developed by the, the the producer that has much more attention on this uh, on this step. I agree. Thanks very much, Francesco Ripacci from the Canalicchio di Sopra Winery in Montalcino. Thanks for coming onto the podcast. See you in Montalcino. Thank you. I'm waiting for you whenever you want. Great. Thanks. This podcast has been brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey, discovering the true essence of high-quality wine from Europe. Find out more on nativegrapeodyssey.eu. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram 